boys and girls beside the show. Let's catch up with Mike and Joe. Mike's in Oakland, Joe's in LA. There's nothing left to say. There's nothing left to say. Boys and ghosts, I must advise. Don't look in my Lawson's eyes. Candlesticks and guillotines. That's how he kills his friends. That's how he kills his friends. Don't forget there's Joe the Tanks. Writing about some twink romance. They always bring his heart up and run away. Catching up with Mike and Joe. Now it's time to start the show. Hey, Joey. My dearest Michael, (laughs) my deepest hope is that this letter finds you well. (laughs) When after two golden slumbers you failed to post mini-episode 17.5, I began to worry that something had happened to you. Was it scarlet fever? Was it consumption? Or worse yet, had you been eaten by a coyote? My imagination has been running wilder than a horse in the prairie. I'm worried about the stories I've heard about you. I've heard it said that you prefer to lie with men, that you fraternize with the mulatto, dance with the oriental, and court the dirty Mexican. I even heard that you fell in love with a genie in a turban from Persia. Have these men become bewitched by the appendage in your trousers? which I hear is longer and wider than the Mississippi itself. Michael, come back home to Garden Grove where you belong. Life was simpler here. Yes, I know Garden Grove has its troubles. Remember when I found you in the middle of the night in Miles Square Park wrestling naked with other men? No. You later claimed you had all been robbed and were just trying to keep yourself safe from the elements. Well... I heard that in San Francisco, the same criminal found you and stole your long johns. That's why I'm going to the Bay Area, Michael, to bring you back home, here where you belong in Garden Grove, here where you will learn to love a woman, here where you are the happiest you've ever been in your life, and here where we can be friends, once again, the way we used to be. So I'm making the journey up the Golden Coast to fetch you. If I'm not at your house by Monday, please have your genie send his magic carpet. <laughs> your friend, Joe Batanz. Yesterday night, Joey, I went, we talked on the phone right before this. I don't know if you remember, but I was like, I gotta go because I'm going to a leather bar. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. And I was like, I can't wait for the podcast. Joe, I did not know things like this existed outside of Queer as Folk. I, okay, first we went to a bar called The Eagle in San Francisco, and it was like Sadistic Saturdays is what they called it, and like, there was like a stage, and this guy was getting like tied up, like really intricate knots and stuff, and it was boring, and I'm, I like walk in in my like cardigan and my Converse sneakers and everybody's wearing like leather pants and no shirt and like leather suspenders. You know what's so funny is not so much anymore, but when Mike was younger, he bore, he bore a very, very strong resemblance to John Ritter, TV's Jack Tripper, to the point that one time 
a woman walked up to Mike and told her, him, her, him, whatever with Mike, told Mike that, that she was his drama teacher and that he looked just like John Ritter at Mike's age. So when you told this story about the leather bar, I'm imagining like Jack Tripper from Tiny <laughs> Company. The Regal Beagle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Regal Beagle with a leather bar. The Regal Eagle. Close. So, um, I went to the Eagle and we had like a couple of drinks, but then we, we ended up walking to a few other joints, uh, kind of in the area. And we settled in finally at a place called the Powerhouse in San Francisco. And it was, it was like, it was also a leather bar. But it was a little less formal. <laughs> like, there were people dressed like I was, and it was, like, comfortable. It was packed. And then um I was with my friend Ricardo, and he was like, we need to go to the back room here, the smoking patio. And neither of us smoke, so I was, like, a little confused. We walk outside, Joey, and it's, like, a like an alleyway of patio. Like, open air, right? But it's, like, really not very big and it's packed wall to wall with men and you walk out and there were people just masturbating and people having sex outside in just on this bar. And so of course I sit down and I just watch a little bit, but like, I like people would try to like grab you and you just are supposed to move your hand, move them away. And I'm just sitting watching a little bit and drinking and then like maybe every 20 minutes, the, like the bar back will come outside and he's like, all right, everybody put your dicks away. This isn't the kind of bar you're at. And then he like walks right back in. Nobody does anything. Nobody changes anything they're doing. The bar back just comes out and yells at every 20 minutes. Is that the weirdest thing? I never go to a bar. I would love. No one ever jacks off in front of me. No one ever just has random sex in front of me. You would have there. You would have seen it, and it, it was were any of them hot. Yeah, there were there were certainly hot ones there, and they probably all are spreading meningitis to one another. But oh yeah, that's a big thing here in the WeHo. People are dying. Yeah, two people died in New York, right? And then one in West Hollywood just died. So, oh but, my god, here we go, part two. I know, shit like this is, why? Because they're just out there fucking, and Joey, it was random, random fucking. It was like, this like, hey, wait, wait, skinny. Ew, ew, wait, 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 look, look, no, look. Ew, this is gross, and I'll tell you why. Not for the debauchery of it all, but I'm just thinking about it, because I'm thinking about when I have sex, and I'm sure straight and gay people can relate to this. There's something chemically that happens when you're having sex that... All the things you find gross turn off when you're having sex. Sure. And then the second you come. It's gone. You're like, you smell just like horrible yeah. smells. And you're like, you feel guilty. Like, did I really just do that? Yeah. I think I've said this on the podcast before. No one, no one is more homophobic than I am after I come. <laughs> I'm like, I did what? With a man? Ew. And I run out. So that actually sounds really, really, really gross. So there must have been horror. Like you're trying to drink your Stella Artois and you're smelling some guy's full on like bonch getting. Well, it wasn't really smelly. I mean, it, it is a smoking patio. So people were smoking. So that's pretty much what you smell. And I don't know. It was just a very, very weird experience. And I don't, I'm, I am so awkward. And so. Like people come up and like sit down next to me and I'm like, 
Oh, hi, I'm Mike. I've I've never been here before. <laughs> like, I know. Imagine if you're just you're just really trying to get a smoke. You're like, I just wanted to smoke a cigarette, and some guy's like, <laughs> you know, fucking be DP'd, you know, right there in front right. of you. Yeah. No, totally. And th- there were weird mashups of people because it was like, like this skinny, like hairy chest, pale white Jewish guy with like curly hair comes out, and he get and then this like big like muscular like hispanic guy comes out and just fucks him i don't know it was so weird it was just a very weird experience but i'm glad i went because now i could say i've 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 seen it and i know that it exists mike that sounds utterly disgusting mike when i go to san francisco take me to that (laughs) yes we'll go (laughs) oh my god okay i have so much to say about uh, this convention I went to this past weekend. So, as I said before, my friend John, uh, works for the Walt Disney Corporation. I'm gonna be very vague at what he does, okay? But he works for them. And so he asked me if I wanted to go to D23, which is Disney's version of Comic Con. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of embarrassing because when he, when he told me, I thought he was asking me to go for free. Uh-huh. You know, he's like, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, it'll be 15 bucks. And I was okay. like, oh, all right. Which is not bad, actually, because the prices were like $60 for one day. Sure. So it actually was a really, really good deal. So I was meeting him and his partner. Now, this is where it gets confusing. I'm calling him, I'm going to call him John Paul, because that's how I grew up knowing him. But his partner's name is also John. Mm-hmm. So we'll call him Barbie John, okay. because he loves Barbies, as we'll learn. Okay, so we've got this out of the way. I actually didn't see that much of D23, believe it or not. I went there. I, there was one reason I wanted to go, and that was there are two big, big songwriters in the Disney world universe. One is the Sherman Brothers, okay, but only one's alive now, Richard Sherman. And then the other one is Alan Menken, okay? Yeah. And they were doing a joint concert last night where they were going to go through the entire songbook. Oh, shit. And tell stories from it. So That's actually wonderful. Yes. So I went with the express purpose. That's the only reason I wanted to go. So we had to get in line at 2 p.m. And the show was at 6.30. Oh, my God. So I stayed in line from 2 p.m. until 6.30, until the show started. I was in line, you know? Yeah. So it was horrible. One, uh, one of the, uh, they met up with one of their friends as well. His name is Todd. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Todd was super into this too. Like I was into it, but like at one point we were hungry. So John Paul and I went to a food court. Okay. So wait, I need to know about this Ella Mankin concert. Oh, we're going to get to it. Girl, we're okay, going to get to this. Okay. Okay. So then, so the guy Todd that was with them, he was super into this, right? So was I, by the way. But we, I was not, I was like, eh, whatever, I'm going to leave this line and come back and get food, yeah. right? So we get back and he was like, how was the food? And we're like, Todd said this. And we're like, good. And he goes, I am starving. And we're like, well, go get food. It was like three o'clock. He's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my place in line. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So he kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? Annoying. So finally around like 4.30, he goes, I I can't take it. I'm too hungry. Um, I'm going to leave my stuff here. Can, I'm going to go get food. If they – if the line starts moving, text me. I'm like, all right, but it's 4.30. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> the guy leaves. I'm going to say within five to ten minutes, a woman comes out and she goes, all right, this is an official announcement. We're getting ready. Make sure everyone in your party is here. Don't go to the bathroom. Don't get food. Like, super serious <laughs> announcement. So John Paul, like, texts him. This Todd, he comes, oh, like sweating, <laughs> running back into the- Pushing the, people yeah, over. Yes, 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 right? So he comes back and he's like, oh, oh my God, I was almost to the front of the pizza line and I got your text and I like just ran out of the line. Oh, okay, thank you, right? I'm like, yeah, who knew? That's weird, right? Why were we in line for another hour? <laughs> so finally he goes, I can't believe they did this. Like, okay, he goes, okay, I got to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to talk to the person, right? And he goes and talks to somebody, and they tell him, oh, yeah, you have time. He leaves. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as he leaves, we're like the second line, right? They did it rows. We're the second row. The row starts moving into the theater. So we have to text him. (laughs) And he comes bolting with like a pizza in his hand and a soda in the other, like jumping over. People like, ha, ha. (laughs) <laughs> and like, it was so funny, right? Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. Okay. That being said, let's get to the Sherman, the Richard Sherman, Alan Menken show. Seriously. By the way, Alan Menken is responsible for probably one of my favorite musicals, Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. But he also wrote one of my emerging – well, I also love Sister Act, the musical. I don't know if you've heard the music. And then Newsies. I'm Newsies has been uh, on my top five for like – since the Christian Bale movie in the early 90s. Okay. Late 80s. We will address all of this. Okay. okay. So the fir- the way they do it is actually inside the actor's studio, sort of. Okay. So Richard Sherman actually had a guy with him. Okay. And um, this guy's like a Disney expert. And he would ask Richard Sherman questions. And then Richard Sherman would tell these great stories. And literally went through... Every single big hit. There was no single big hit uncovered. So if you don't know Richard Sherman and the Sherman Brothers, and if you're not a Disney fan, they wrote uh, the music to Mary Poppins. They wrote a lot of the themes from the Disneyland theme park. So it's a small world, which he said people either want to kiss me or kill me for writing that. They wrote Tiki Room Song. They wrote um, uh, most of the songs in the Jungle Book. They didn't write Bare Necessities, but they wrote everything else. Huh. Um they wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. They wrote uh, Bed Noms and Broomsticks. I mean, huge numbers. Of, almost every Disney song through the mid-70s, they wrote. Okay? Sure. So, um, that was great. And um, so, anyway, so Alan Menken. So, this is actually a, a big part of it. Actually, this is a story I really want to tell. So, after Richard Sherman leaves, he does like an hour or so, maybe even over an hour. He leaves. And then Alan Menken comes out. He's alone. He doesn't have a guy with him. He's just telling the stories and playing the songs himself. And the first thing he plays is part of your world. That's just, he just opens with that, right? Mm-hmm. He opens it and sings it. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting next to a guy to my left who is literally another gay Mexican guy. Like I was telling my cousin, all, like, I, I thought I sat next to a mirror. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm sitting him, next to him the whole time. And he, the guy plays part of your world and I just feel shaking and I'm like, who's shaking? You know, like who's shaking me? <laughs> Is he crying? 
sobbing, hysterical crying. Oh my God, why? Right? Well, I thought about it. I had time to think about it when I was there. So, and so I've, that's why I have a lot to say about this. About a year ago, my cousin Richard and I went to, they have a, a film series here where they replay old movies in uh, movie palaces in LA. Yeah. And we went to that. We went to the Saban Theater and watched them, uh, uh, them play Wizard of Oz. And like most of these things, when they play that stuff, it's nothing but children and old gay men. Yeah. And we were sitting there and, um, you know, it's on the big screen and Dorothy comes out and she sings Over the Rainbow. And I heard just, I, we were in the front. We actually had a really good seat. I just heard sobbing, just a theater of people sobbing. And I turned around and I even get choked up even kind of saying this. All the gay men were like crying. Yeah. And I, cause the reason I get choked up is I thought about it and I was like, oh, um, for them, this was a song about escape, sure. you know? And so, uh, to be in a community of gay men where they're, uh, so weird. Um, they, um, I love how that, the song that made me cry, but thinking about it made me cry. Like, this was very emotional for them. Sure. And so I think with this guy, um, I think for a younger generation, part this of it- This was your, our yes, Over the Rainbow, right? This is our Over the Rainbow because it's about aspiring to be different and to be transformed and not happy with your current condition. Sure. And understood. Yes. Right. Sure. And understood. Actually, I had a talk with my cousin about this and he was telling me he actually read an article where I guess, um, this is very interesting. Um, a lot of, uh, children who are already having transgender issues or a lot of trans, a lot of transgender people in general really, really have a connection to the little mermaid because, uh, if you think about the little mermaid from the waist up is a girl, but from the waist down is androgynous. She doesn't huh. have female parts, but she doesn't have boy Anything. parts. She has nothing. Right. And so they, and so that, the ability to tra- transform completely into a girl is very important to transgendered people. And I think I can see why it's important huh. to them. So while part of your world, I don't have that connection to part of your world. I do, as you can see, I got very emotional, um, talking about, uh, us as a community. Sure. And, uh, yeah, you get it. It's also a calculated plot I have to my, I seem to like the nice one. <laughs> so the concert was good. I can't, I can't imagine it. Oh, being, oh yeah. But. Yeah. It was great. And he did play like the, actually the problem with Alan Menken, which you wouldn't have had a problem with. If there was any problem was he literally played everything from every, like at the end we're like really home on the range. We're doing a yeah. song from home on the range. Do you right? know he wrote, um, at least one of the songs, maybe more than one of, they had original songs in Home Alone 2 that he did with John Williams. Did he do any Home Alone No, 2? he only did Disney stuff. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, he only did Disney stuff, and so he did, home, like, literally he goes, okay, well, Disney bought Marvel, so here's a song I wrote, like a little song from Captain America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Star Spangled Man song. Yes! He played that and sang it. <laughs> That's and funny. So he did do a whole suite of uh, songs from Newsies. Oh, I love Newsy so you much. You can find it on YouTube. I'm going to. Yeah. I will find it, it on YouTube. It was one of the best shows I've ever been to in my life. And, and and I actually want to make a quote. I want to do a quote because um we we saw like a pop culture historian earlier in the day. Uh like the first thing we saw, he did like a sort of funny retrospective of Disneyland. 
but he had this great quote about Disneyland, which was, he says that, and he actually, it was a throwaway that he just had. He just kind of threw it in. I liked it. Where he says, like, when you go to Disneyland, one of the things he likes was you get to experience every age you've ever been at the same time. Hmm. And that's sort of how I felt about the show last night. You know, because you had the Richard Sherman years, you know, where, like, everybody has Jungle Book and Mickey Mouse and all those songs in their head. You know, and then you have Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Newsies and all those songs that are so important to us at an older age, you know? Sure. So, uh, yes, it was an amazing show and it, it was worth, believe it or not, every minute of the four hours I had to stand in line. Good. Good. Cap song? No. Such a random reference. But so, you know, here in LA, my friend Melissa, is known for being like super funny in her karaoke. So we were being funny in our karaoke and the black lesbian got super mad at us and took our microphones away from us and banned us from doing karaoke. Because you were singing funny or because we were adding, we were changing the lyrics of the song. to oh, like I funny like words. So gay karaoke can go a few ways. One, it has the potential to be like sad torch song, sort of horrible night. Like it just brings everything down and is depressing. I've also gone to gay karaoke and then there's a lot of show tunes. The people choose a lot of show tunes. And that's not exactly fun either because you have to be able to sing to do a good show tune. And karaoke's not known for having awesome singers, right? And then the, another way it can go is, unfortunately, country. Lesbians love country. Well, it has the word cut in it. I know, exactly. Oh, was that your joke? Did I step on your joke? No. Oh. Um, if there's too many lesbians, then... There's the potential for too much country. But anyway, I went to gay karaoke and there's a guy there that I've talked to, I don't know, a dozen times at least. He's very nice. He's, he looks a little bit older than me, but not that old. And the conversation started. I immediately put my foot in my mouth when we started talking on karaoke night. I didn't sing anything, by the way. I wasn't feeling it. Do you ever, do you ever sing at karaoke? Yeah, I sing all the time. What are your what are your go-to karaoke songs? You're, I'm just setting this up for you to make fun of me. So mm-hmm. it's like Isn't that the whole point of the podcast? It's like you just opened the bear trap and I'm like stepping my foot in knowingly. Okay. Here it goes. So I do Beyoncé's Irreplaceable. Um to the left, to the left. Oh, that what that song is called? Yeah. Okay. Um that's probably my number 1. Um, depending though, I'll also do look at me. I'm Sandra D from the musical Grease. Mm-hmm. That kind of brings it home. And then if I'm really drunk, I'll do, uh, roll in on the river. Um, so we're sitting there talking, me and this guy, Jesse, and he said something about his birthday and how he was going to celebrate in Vegas or something. And thinking that I was going to tell a joke cause he looks about my age. I'm 32. So I was like, well, you only turned 40 once, <gasps> right? Girl, why would you say that? Hold on. He was like, I did that two years ago. <laughs> oh. So he's older than 40. And I felt like I was making a joke about age. And then he ended up being older than I thought. But Joe, listen to this. This blew my mind. He was talking about how he gets on the internet at home. And he said he goes on Craigslist and he looks at the pictures that people post on Craigslist, like 
as a like, hobby. Like pictures of a vase that they have they're going to sell? No, no, no. Like the personals. So they're like naked guys and stuff. The pictures that people post of themselves to get sex. Uh, it, by the way, with Grinder and all these other ways, that Craigslist is the bottom of the fucking barrel, man. You're scraping. You are, that is bad. That's low. I agree. But even worse, it's like the quality of the pictures. Like they're not good pictures that he's, he's looking at, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, that I- you're so fucking you are the worst fucking gay guy ever who's counting the pixels on a you're not going there like i don't like the quality of this photograph no, on craigslist i'm not talking about the quality sorry of, ansel adams i'm not talking about the quality of the actual photograph i'm talking about like the people and what you what you can see like a lot of times they're like in the bathroom, in a dirty mirror, taking the picture. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not good photography. I'm not saying the pixels and all of that. I'm saying what you're looking at is not quality. So I... I still think I'm right. I say that to him, and he was like, well... Or I mentioned, like, well, why don't you get on, like, XTube or something and look at video? Like, why... Like, what is it about Craigslist that draws you to it? And he was like, you know what? I've never been able to really find porn on the internet is he my mom i know i know so he said well how would i do it and i was like um what first you sign on to america online (laughs) so i explained to him like how to find xtube.com he knows how to google stuff that's how he finds craigslist every time he googles it so (laughs) i had explained to him how to type in the address into the address bar so he can find porn Is that the weirdest thing? And then he left like five minutes later. (laughs) He was like, I got to (laughs) go. Then he calls and he's like, I've been putting, you know, xtube.com into my Google and it doesn't take me anywhere. (laughs) You know, like my mom, like the worst, my mom stories, you know? Yeah. How do you not, how do you live with internet? And that's like the first thing you do. Like your computer gets taken out of the box and you log onto a porn site. That is the weird, like he, that is the weirdest story I've ever heard. Yeah. And he's not that old. He's like 42. It's not like he's in his seventies and computers are, you know, really hard to navigate. Mike, that is the weirdest story. I would not be attracted to him. If, oh wait, do you find him attractive? No. Uh-uh. Oh, he's, oh, okay. he's a very nice guy. He's at the bar every time I'm there. He's pretty much there. What songs does he sing? He doesn't sing, but he's he just hangs out there like seven days a week. Okay, so I've been house-sitting, okay? So I'm house-sitting for my friends Michael and Julia. Now, I don't usually house-sit. I think mostly because people don't trust me with living things. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take care of living things. I'm too big. I, can't, I can barely take care of myself. True. But Michael and Julia were in a bind. Someone that they had, someone who had pledged to stay had bailed. And so they called me, and I they were really, really in dire straits, so I helped them out. What a friend. They, thank you. They left me the most detailed set of instructions for how, like, they're so concerned with, like, making sure everything runs correctly and blah, 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 which is fine. It's their house, and they want to make sure they have to, I'm taking care of their dog. And he's totally fine, by the way. There's nothing wrong with the dog. He's fine. He's easy. I just walk him a few times a day. But they're very like, okay, this is how the house works. And even like, Michael even shows me that there's a filter on the sink. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it, oh, girl, do we need to talk about how they were like, okay, 
Atticus only drinks filtered water. He knows the difference, Joe, and he won't drink unfiltered water. Okay. Right? And then in the same set of instructions, uh, Julia's like, uh, be careful. He'll eat anything on the street. I'm like, <laughs> what? This makes no sense. Anyway. Anyway, so Michael's like, here's the filter for the water. It's connected to like the faucet. He goes, it sometimes falls off. Here's this thing to fix it. Blah, blah, blah. It's this giant like filter. Okay. Okay. So a couple of days ago, I, you know, I have to change the dog's filtered water like twice a day. And so I'm, you know, I turned the filtered water thing on and I'm putting it in the bowl. Why does the big giant filter fall off the faucet and snap and break the dog's like fancy water bowl in two? Oh no. Yes. And I was like, oh my God. Oh no. Right. So I just put it in a regular water bowl. And I'm like, I write him an email and I'm like, Hey guys, sorry. The felt, the filter fell off and it fell on the bowl and snapped it. And they're like, no, it's okay. Don't worry. Right. That was at night. Cut to the next morning. It's time for me to feed the dog. Okay. And they have the, the dog food in this giant, um, like cookie jar full of the dog food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I pick up the cookie jar and the dog is so excited that, um, I'm feeding him. He starts jumping and jumping and jumping. And I'm afraid I'm going to like step on the dog. And I'm like, whoa. Like I step on my own pajamas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. And I like drop the cookie jar. No. And it shatters and all the food <laughs> and the glass. And he can't eat that food then. There's shattered glass no, all no, over. Can't eat the food. Shattered glass goes everywhere. And I have to like, so I have to take him out. He runs away because he's scared of the noise. But then I take him. And I put him in the cage. He has a little like travel cage. Mm-hmm. And I clean up all the dog food and I clean up the glass. But now because the dog food's been on the floor and I haven't mopped yet, but he needs to eat because he's starving. Luckily, luckily, I had already poured his dog food. Oh, so you had a clean bowl of it. Yeah. It, what happened was I picked it up. I was putting it back down or something like that, but there was already a clean bowl of it. So he ate that and I was like, fuck. But then because the dog food had been on the floor, he started like sniffing the floor and like eating anything on the floor. And I was like, Oh no, no, what if there's broken glass still? You know, like maybe like little tiny pieces. So now I have to pick him up, put him back in the cage again. And then I'm on all fours <laughs> on the floor, like examining every inch of floor space to make sure there's no broken glass. And then I have to mop the floor and then I have to uh, vacuum the floor. Oh my God, girl. I was so bummed. So then I had to write to them and be like, sorry, I broke your <laughs> dog thing. They must think of the biggest. Klutz. Klutz. And then do we need to cut to? They're like, oh, no, it's okay. And then their friend Ellen, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, showed up to check on the dog. <laughs> She's like, oh, I thought I'd just stop by and play with the dog. Wow. Like, oh, really? Do you think that they emailed Ellen to tell her? Oh. Oh, you know they did. You know there was like, um, can you make sure Joe's not throwing things at the dog? Because you know they think I'm like throwing the dog bowl at him and like the cookie jar with dog food. You think so? I don't know. I'm just saying that's gonna be the that's gonna be the name of my next podcast. Just saying with Joe Batanz. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, low point of the week on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get a phone call at five in the morning and I run to my phone and it's my mom 
And I go, hello, hello, because at five in the morning, you're thinking, emergency. Totally, yeah. I go, hello. She goes, Joey, are you okay? And I go, yeah, why? What's up? Are you? Is everything okay? She's like, yeah. yes, but um, somebody called me at five in the morning, and I looked in the caller ID, and it was your friend Jonathan. Again, we're back to Jonathan. Right. And I go, what? Well, what you don't know is Jonathan and I had been fighting. And I actually hadn't spoken to him in two weeks. Oh, wow. So it was really weird. That, why would he call my mom at 5 in the morning yeah. on Monday morning? She goes, and I woke up and scared me at 5 in the morning. So I look at the caller ID, and it, it was a 714 number. So I called your brother. My brother has a 714 number. She didn't look at the rest of the numbers. She's I know. Like, it started with a 7. So I went through my, <laughs> my list. Calls my brother, wakes him up. Okay. And then she goes, it wasn't him, he goes, I don't know, I didn't call you. So she calls the number, it's Jonathan's voicemail, and she goes, Jonathan, this is Betty Batance, and I want to know why you call me, is everything okay? Then she calls me, I go, I don't know, everything's fine. I call Jonathan, who I haven't spoken to in a couple weeks, I go, why are you calling my mom up in the morning? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I got your mom's message, I don't know what she's talking about. Your parents' number isn't even in my phone. Yeah, isn't it blocked? Like a blocked number? Yeah. And he goes, I know it by heart, but I don't have it in my phone. So I couldn't have, like, butt-dialed it or anything right. like that. Yeah. So I go, huh, that's weird. But then I'm just like, whatever. And I go back to bed. Well, my brother's been woken up, and so he's pissed. And so now he turns into Inspector Javert all of a sudden. <laughs> he does, like, a whole investigation, and this is what he comes up with. And mom gets a phone call at 5 in the morning. Look, but instead of looking through the caller ID... She goes backwards through the dialed call numbers. Right. So she goes to the first call that was dialed in the history. Yeah. And so uh, she thinks it's Jonathan, right? Yeah. So that's why she calls him. Here's the best part. My parents have like a pretty elaborate voicemail system. And one of the things it does is it does um, wake-up calls. Right. So for 20 years I've had this. And 20 years they get a phone call every morning at 5 a.m. What? Yes. She gets so a, your parents, I love it. She gets a phone call every day at 5 a.m.? So it's not like this is a phone call out of the blue. Right, so she, so every morning does she wake up and she go like, who is calling us? <laughs> We've got to get to the bottom of this. It's like clockwork. <laughs> every day every someone's calling with an emergency. She's waking up the whole say, neighborhood. Is there somebody on there who's like, good morning? Yeah, it goes, this is Verizon with your 5 a.m. wake-up call or whatever it says. Um... Here's another she's thing. She's like, Jonathan, why did you call and disguise your voice as a robot, say that you were from Verizon, and that it was a wake-up call? And why are you doing it every morning? Stop. And why are you charging us a dollar fifty each month for this service? <laughs> we would like to change. She calls Verizon looking for Jonathan. Like Verizon. I know Jonathan's working for you. <laughs> I am this. You tell that little shit. Jonathan should call my parents tomorrow, Monday at, at 5 a.m. At 4.54 a.m. <laughs> Just text them. How's it going? Um, but speaking of uh, Cocktails and Cream Puffs, though, they're going to follow up. We're the opening act for Cocktails and Cream Puffs. Um, so I know that Joey Buhecker is there. I know that Mark Sacco is there. I know Mark that Wendy Sacco. I'll tell you why it's Sacco. It's Sacco. There's a famous case from the early 20th century called – no one says Sacco and Vanzetti. It sounds like a puppet show. 
They say Sacco and Vanzetti. Well, they're different Sacco, people. Sacco is hotter. I'll tell you why. It makes you think of sack, like testicles. Sacco, it sounds like, oh, uh, hello, this is my Italian puppet, Sacco. Oh, say hello, Sacco. Oh, hello there. Oh, hello, Sacco. <laughs> um, will you be going to the circus today? Oh, of course not. I love the circus. I love the clowns. And I love the therapies. Shut up, Sacco. I love how I'm actually really doing a puppet right now with my hand. <laughs> Sacco, do you like school? Oh, yeah. Sacco, how do you like school? Closed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sako, you're a dummy. No, you're the dummy. No, you're the dummy. No, you're the dummy. That's. <laughs> By the way, I'm making that now. We're going to have a new podcast catching up with Mike, Joe, and Sako. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I'm going to catching up with cocktails and a cream puffs. What about ca- catching up? Cream puffs. What about catching up and cream puffs? Love it. <laughs> Trademark. Love it. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark Mike Lawson Chubby Tents. We own it now. Thanks. <laughs> I've already – look, one thing you guys in podcast land should understand is that Mike and I, we developed this new relationship where now when we talk on the phone, we don't – we're like, oh, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that because – we want to save it for the podcast. So now our phone conversations are just us talking about nothing. They're boring. But there was a story I thought I wasn't going to tell on the show. And I told Mike already. But I'm, I thought it would be honest with the audience, Mike. I didn't want you to do like a fake laugh. Okay. But I'm going to tell it anyway. So, you know, I've been house-sitting. And where I house-sit, uh, there's a big parking problem. Okay. And um, I didn't get a permit to park here and um you need a permit to park on certain streets um it's actually not terribly bad right directly around where i'm staying except on tuesdays which is street clean day okay then there's only really permitted parking left okay well i have two friends logan and noel you might remember them from a previous episode where they took snacks to real time with bill maher and they live only a couple of blocks away, and they have extra permits to hand out. Well, I asked them for, at a dinner party I went to, I asked if I could borrow one of their parking permits on Tuesday, just Tuesday, during the day, for street cleaning day. And she, uh, Noelle was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, my God, yeah, call us. Call us. We'll lend you the parking permit. And I was like, Great. So Tuesday, oh, actually Monday night rolls around. I'm calling. I'm texting. No answer. Tu- uh, ditching you. I know. Tuesday morning, because you know the street clean starts at ten. Tuesday morning, calling, texting, no answer. So finally at ten o'clock, I was like, "Well, I guess I, got, I guess I better go do shit for the day because, you know, I have no parking permit, right?" Yeah. So the first thing I do is I go to this. I drive to this place. It's actually walking distance, but I have to move my car. So I drive to this place. It's supposed to have the best salted caramel pecan sticky bun. Your life is so hard, Joe. You had to go all the way to the sticky bun place? <laughs> I'm a gentleman of leisure. Woe is you, right? Yeah, I know. So it was a beautiful day, too, and they have a courtyard in the front, and I bought my salted caramel pecan sticky bun and a cup of coffee. And I was just sitting on the courtyard that overlooks La Brea, the street. 
And I'm just like, do do do, just eating. Couldn't get a hold of Noel, so I have to move my car. Um, why does Noel walk right into the place? And I'm sitting there, staring. Like she comes face to face with me, and she's like, as she's like ignoring your phone call on her phone, like actively know, like deleting your voicemail. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh hi, Joe. Oh my God, Joe. I was just about to call you. Oh, she said that. She goes, I was just about I to know. call you. <laughs> And I was like, oh, really? And I, and then she started like stammering and stuttering and like stumbling over her words as she was trying to explain why she didn't call me back. And the entire time I was just slowly, I don't, I wish I could explain the visual here, slowly eating the salted caramel pecan sticky bun and watching her, not giving her, I wasn't letting her off the hook. I was just like watching her explain herself the entire time. And <laughs> Later on, uh, a friend, I was telling a friend of mine the story and she asked, well, how was the salted caramel pecan sticky bun? And I go, it was delicious, but it was even more delicious with a cold glass of awkward. It was so amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I just sat there and just soaked it all in. So last Tuesday, I was doing nothing, nothing. I was bored, right? Mm-hmm. And Richard was getting ready to move. And he goes, do you want to go with me to pick up my key and see the new place? And I was like, sure. So he goes, okay. And so um, I had to do a few things, and he was all, that's fine. And so then I go, then I'll leave. Well, I guess it wasn't that fine two hours later because he was like, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm, I, I, I'll go right now. Okay. So I, I, I took a quick shower, and I like left, right? Well, I had just done laundry. That was one of my chores. And so I threw on like pants, but no belt, right? Cause I'm in such a hurry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it won't matter that much. We're, you know, who needs a belt? Right. So I rush over to Richard's house. And of course there's a, a huge accident and everything like that. It takes forever to get there. And when I get there, Richard's like standing outside waiting for me <laughs> with and his arms crossed, y- tapping yes, his foot. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> and like running around. And so then I'm like, okay, okay. He's like, get in the car, get in the car. He goes, we have to go. We have to drive to Burbank. And I was like, I thought we were going to East LA. He's like, no, I got to run this other errand and they close at four and you're late. We got to go. And I was like, okay. Oh my God. So we jump in the car and we fight again. If you don't know LA to get from West LA to Burbank at like three (sighs) o'clock nightmare. So it took forever, but we get to Burbank. Right. And I'm like, why are we even here? What's going on in Burbank? And he goes, just come on with me. And I get out of the car and I follow him to a hat store. What? A hat store. Like, not like a baseball cap store, but like a, a place that sells like bowlers and derbies and cowboy hats and everything like that. Fedoras? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I go, what are we doing here? He goes, and he's like, really? Like, I'm being, the, like, he's, he's treating me like I'm the ridiculous one. He's like, um, I need a top hat. <laughs> and I go, for what? He goes, Halloween? And I go, Richard, that's four months away. <laughs> and he goes, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So we walk into this hat store and my pants are falling the whole time. <laughs> I'm constantly picking them up like a hobo. <laughs> and they go, well, we have one top hat. Try that on, right? And he tries it on. It's too small. Okay. And he goes, they're like, well, we can custom make one for you. And he's like, oh, okay. How much is it? And they're like, $750. And I'm all, he's like, okay, thanks. And I'm like, uh, just buy one at a magic shop or something, you know, like a cheapy one. He goes, uh, 
I go, thank God you're not going to get that one, right? He goes, no, I'm still going to get it. I'm going to pay $700 to get a top hat. What? What's it going to be for Halloween? I have no idea. And I go, for to wear a top hat once? And he goes, well, if I get it custom made, I'll just wear it all the time. <laughs> In the shower? Yeah, you're just going to walk around wearing a top hat? He's like Arthur. Like he's Mr. Peanut? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yes, I think, and he was like, really? Like, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get, I think I'm gonna order it. I don't know yet. So, so we leave, right? He goes, I need to stop somewhere else too. Oh, we go to his house and we do pick up the key. We Is do it all the, that. the monocle store? Mike, the story's not over. <laughs> so I, so we stop, we get his key. I look at the place. It's cute. You know, whatever. Okay. He goes, can we make one more stop before we go back? I'm like, sure. So we go to the third street promenade. Which is a very touristy place in Santa Monica. And my cousin, because he's from Santa Monica, goes, I'm not going to pay for parking. So we park, like, I'm not even joking, half a mile away. Which isn't that far of a walk. If your pants stay up. If your pants stay up. So the whole time, my pants are falling down. And he's, like, walking super fast. And I'm like, Richard, hold up. My pants are falling down. He goes, well, look, there's an H&M right there. Go in there and buy something, right? Mm-hmm. So I go to H&M. Which, of course, is only meant for people who are, like, anorexic. So there's no belts for me. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and I bought suspenders. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did you I really? Did. I did. My pants are falling down. <laughs> and you had to wear them on the outside of your shirt? No, I went to a bathroom. I changed. Which, by the way, have you ever worn suspenders? Well, when I was, like... A child and in band, yeah. They're, I'm like, I'm not a mate, I'm not, I'm not kidding, they're amazing. Really? But you wore them touching your skin? Yeah, I had to wear them touching my skin. That's weird. Yeah, well, I was, look, desperate times call for desperate measures. But, but then my pants were staying up and I was like, oh my god, I, we can, like, we can go walking wherever you want now, right? <laughs> but I was telling Richard, I go, only two gay men would go on errands for a top hat and suspenders. <laughs> I go, let's go to Capizio and buy some tap shoes. <laughs> You need to find out what he's going to be for Halloween and buy it on the cheap. Like get something like kind of identical for super cheap. Well, I hope because then he'll be ready for that true blood wedding that my other gay cousin's going to have. He'll be all set. Mike, I have to apologize to you because I we had uh, arranged to speak earlier in the day and I had to delay it because I went grocery shopping with my mom. Mm-hmm. Ugh. What a nightmare that was. <laughs> I, it was like two hours ago that we were supposed to record. I'm yeah. not mad. I'm not mad at all. I no, mean, I, I was, I was working, but I had stuff to do, but. No, I understand. But, but my blood pressure is through the roof, but I do need to tell you this story. <laughs> we're about to leave and my mom, you know, cause it's really warm down here in SoCal. Mm-hmm. And my mom says, do you think we should leave the back doors open? You know, just the screen doors. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. She was like, okay. She goes, but, uh, I don't know. Now, I, I better put a radio on so they think that, that a burglar thinks somebody's home. Okay. And I was like, uh, all right. So my mom runs and gets a radio, right? <laughs> Can I please tell you that I had to wait 10 minutes because she wanted to pick the right station? <laughs> and like, cause it automatically, she never listens to the radio. So she was like, what all is playing is Spanish music and country music. Okay. 
And I was like, okay, who cares? It's a radio. And she goes, I don't want the burglar to think that I listen to like country music. <laughs> so she had to like figure out how to use it so she could put K-Big on 104.3, like the the station you would hear at the bank. She's concerned what the burglars might think about her music taste. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I had to wait for 10 minutes while she figured out how to put 104.3 K-Big your mom is like that. Do you remember the kid's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie? And it's no. like, first you give the mouse a cookie and then it wants milk. And then when you get uh, milk, it wants, you know, and there's like there's this long series of things you end up doing. Yes. Because it asks for a simple cookie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then she got like, and then if she's, like, she's a person too. I don't know if your mom's like this. When we were at Costco, she got a phone call on the cell phone. And so she stops. Like yeah. She's, wherever <laughs> she is. In yeah. Costco. It could be in the middle of an aisle blocking people. She stops. And then she's like, hello. And, you know, there's no horrible reception inside Costco. Yeah. So she's it's like, like 10. Hello? Hello. Are you there? Yeah. I'm giving like three hellos and I'm gone. She's like, hello. 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 This is Betty. This is Betty. Yes. <laughs> hello. Is someone there? Hello. And I could go on and on. And then here's the weirdest part because obviously another old person. Then finally, after like 25 hellos, they'll, she'll be like, oh, hi, Elma. <laughs> because what other person would sit waiting for to hear you for that long? Yeah. Both of you and I would both hang up. Yes. And try, try calling again. Yes. Or give up. Yes. 